Hi, Kathy. Hi, Steve. We're going to be talking about um, traditions of plants today, which is perfect, New Year's traditions and um, things of interest to gardeners and farmers and everybody else as well. Yeah. Did the plant understand that they've just turned a year older now that it's uh, uh, 2024? Actually, I think they have that dialed in pretty well they're, um, <laughs> because because they're on a routine of um, seeding, you know, making flowers and making seeds and making fruit and that type of thing. So they're paying a whole lot of attention to how long the days are. And in fact, that is one of the most important parts of how a plant figures out when it's time to do whatever cycle it has to do next. That and how cold the ground is is very important, or we should say how warm it is. So the cold ground itself, with those roots in there, is something that will signal a lot of plants to be dormant this time of year, which is a good thing because if they were trying to grow right now, they would freeze and then, of course, tropical plants that I'm trying to grow <laughs> because because I just am a fanatic plant grower, they're having a hard time because they're not going deciduous. They're not lo- losing their leaves. And, in fact, I think a lot of them think it's summer and they've just gone through winter because they're starting to uh, perk up and flower. And, you know, I'm trying to talk to them and tell them that's not the case, but they're just not listening. So today... Uh, I should say tonight. See, I'm not used to being on it tonight, but <laughs> I'll become accustomed to it pretty soon. Well, so, a few thing, months from now, it'll seem more like today. <laughs> I know. It's just it's like, I'm not in, right now, I'm not in a let's go out in the garden mood. I'm more into let's stoke the fire and curl up with a cat kind of mood. But you're right. As, as the days get longer, there'll be a big difference. Um, so I am going to talk about the holiday today and some of the significance that goes along with that, especially with the plants and plants that have been used traditionally. But but I also want to talk about, um, I think that I would call them intentions. New Year, New Year's intentions sounds a little bit better um, as far as, you know, what you're planning to do, especially with your garden or garden-related this is a big deal for gardeners because they really think this time of year um, a lot about what you're going to do, what you're going to move, what you're going to put here instead of there, uh, if you're going to grow a different variety. And, uh, you know, what do gardeners dream about this time of year? Well, seed catalogs. That's a big one. I remember when I was a kid before Christmas, I would have the Sears catalog with the toys in and go through that. And it was just worn out by the time Christmas came of me looking at all of the great things and just dreaming about what I would do with them. And now I've transferred that into the seed catalog. And I go through and I think about what species of medicinal plant from where and some strange part of the world I might like to grow. And then I do a little research and see how easy it is or how difficult to grow in our environment and what I might have to do to to grow it. Some of them that are perennials, I just grow them as annuals anyway just to have them around. Things Strange ones like toothache plant would be an example. 
which is indeed used to numb toothaches, but doesn't really um, winter over very well here. In fact, it's uh, short, very short-living. But I just went out today and uh, got the seeds off of it, so I'm thinking ahead of next year. So if you are inclined to call, you can do that, and you can talk about what your New Year's intentions are, especially for your garden. And you can also um, tell us if you have any traditions from your family that you do this time of year. So, And Steve is right there, unless that was him just falling over. <laughs> no, Hi, no. Uh, oh, you're still with us. Oh, good. Uh, something dropped on the floor. <laughs> oh, not you. <laughs> no, not me. Okay. We'll rattle off those numbers for everyone. 530-265-9555. That's uh, 530-265-9555. Uh, again, that's in the 530 area code, and you need to include that in most cases when you give us a call. So, Yeah, uh, so you can call in, actually, and talk yep. to us. Yep. And, and we'll, uh, get, we'll put, get, put you on the air. Um, you might have a question. You might have a comment about something you've heard, Kathy, or another listener mention. Or you might have a suggestion on how somebody can, can uh, you know, make their garden better um, or make the trees better or the flowers or whatever. Um, indeed. Yeah, lots of, lots of stuff to talk about. and. Uh, and I will turn it back to you right now. Just reminding again, people, that phone number to call, 530-265-9555. And it's better to give us a call earlier if you can, uh, because uh, if you if you call too late, uh, especially if it's an interesting question, uh, we have to leave we have to leave immediately at seven o'clock for Democracy Now. Um, and so that's so we can't be running over here today. So, okay. Exactly. So you're listening to the Garden Forum on at a new time. Happy New Year, everyone. And I would like to talk a little bit about the New Year. There's a lot of plants associated with it. Mistletoe may be uh, one of the ones that you think about for Christmas, but actually... I love telling this story. I tell it every year on the radio about mistletoe. We don't really know um, a lot about uh, back in Druid's day, but we do know that mistletoe was collected very carefully and it was hung above the doorways. So we're doing a tradition that we're carrying on that is very, very pre-ancient. We do know also that nowadays, even though people will kiss under the mistletoe in a romantic type of kiss, that originally it was called something like the kiss of brotherhood. I can't say that in Druidies, but it was meant to be something that would mend any of the wounds, emotional wounds that had happened from the past year. And to go into the new year afresh, so anybody that you had had strife with or some harsh words, misunderstandings, all of that, you actually invite them over to your home. And when they walk into the mistletoe, you embrace and kiss them. And that kiss is to really say that um, we we don't have to talk about this anymore. We both understand that it's behind us. It 
in the last year. We don't want to tread it up too much, but uh, let's just move beyond and try afresh. And then that way, today, New Year's, everyone would be able to begin uh, with a fresh start. So not certain, though, that the, um, the Druid New Year was now, this time of year, but the whole idea with the mistletoe is still something that we could be thinking about. I'm just in for anything that has to do with peace and love, and so mistletoe is all about that. Nice tradition to think about maybe recreating. And really the fact that mistletoe is hung around Christmas, but it still should be up. In fact, all your greenery stays up traditionally until Twelfth Night, and that will not be until the evening of January 5th, and then Twelfth Day is the next day. But if if you want to follow tradition, then you would keep it then and then throw it out. But there are also, for your diehards that really just love having green, even your Christmas tree up longer than that, you can uh, follow other traditions that say, no, no, keep it up for another two weeks. The whole idea with green pines and firs and holly and all the things that um, we have around here, although the holly isn't native, so I use Oregon grape, which is a medicinal plant, instead of it. But all the green represents life everlasting, that it's green, it's, it's winter, but it's still making it through, and you can do it too. I think of it as the original Bach flower, even though you're smelling it <clears throat> instead of actually um, partaking in the water. Something that reinforces that winter may be difficult, that everything, you know, in life may be difficult, but you can get through it, and spring will arrive, and the days will get longer. And even though I know that that's true, I can see how people would begin to doubt that about this time of year. It's interesting that another tradition is that these days in between the solstice and into Twelfth Night in January were actually extra days or dark days. They were days where not a lot of work was done, where people went into meditation and prayer a lot, where they were very quiet, they were depressed, so they would get together. They were depressed because it's so dark. And they would get together with friends and family and have just a a small little gathering here and there. And then whoop dot, really the excitement happened when Twelfth Night came. So we having New Year's now is a little bit early in the tradition of things, but I think everything in life has sped up quite a bit, so it's fine. And the New Year's tradition involves a lot of rings. This is maybe a wreath, or it would be a cake that's formed into a wreath-like shape or a head wreath, or walking the labyrinth, which is in circles. The circle represents coming back to your origins, coming back to the original place. It's fulfillment, and it is something that if your goals 
are represented in the circle. So I uh, will pause and say, so a wreath that somebody would hang would have herbs stuck in it that had all different types of meanings for good fortune and good health and uh, just about good anything you can think of, if you get my gist. And so they would hang the wreath up, and all of this would represent coming full cycle for the next year that we're going into. We still do often put a evergreen wreath up, so if you've done that this year, you've really, again, followed the tradition, the old, old tradition of um, probably your ancestors, because it's a worldwide tradition. I, so for New Year's... Oh, Kathy, I was just going to say that on uh, the Monday morning show this morning, I play a song called um, Into the Labyrinth, I believe. And it was... Oh, uh, Alistair's... Alistair Fraser. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm so glad I usually play that on my show. And uh, so you've already taken care of it. But, yeah, yeah, the labyrinth is uh, something that is walking in. It is a religious experience, a spiritual journey, and then you walk out of it. So it's walking in the wreath, within the wreath, within the wreath, and then, then out of it to complete it. So something, again, that you can think about this year. So I was going to say that the, um, an example of good eating, always nice to have something to eat when you're celebrating New Year's, is the Danish marzipan, really pastry that's made with caraway and orange zest and rose water. So that's what would be a byproduct of distilling rose petals. And uh, they represent all this that I'm talking about right now. And there are different versions of this that are made in the Netherlands and Sweden and Denmark and Greece and Mexico. And I believe Spain as well, maybe Italy. So you can find the idea of the wreath, uh, circular baked goods, very important. Another curious thing you find along with baked goods is often uh, bean you have to be careful when you're eating these things, but one bean put in, and the bean, uh, whoever would get that would have special good luck for the new year. And, um, you know, there's a tradition in the South, I'm sure some of you know this, of eating black-eyed peas for New Year's. And this is in the, the southeast of the U.S., and uh, that tradition comes down from generation upon generation of um, putting a bean into the cake. In England, if you got the bean, then you got to be king uh, for the day. And an older medieval tradition is that they actually would let a kid be the, the bishop or the king for a day and make all of the rules. And that day was considered a chaos day, like a topsy-turvy, turn everything upside down. So Traditions uh, now have to do mostly with um, it's really dark, it's really cold, we're a little uncomfortable, and we're really looking forward to this changing. But, hey, let's take advantage of it and do this prayer and meditation and look within, and then maybe we'll be a better person for the next cycle. And, so, I, and Kathy, I'd just like to remind everybody that if they've got a question or comment, um, or want to talk about one of the, tra- the traditions that they might do in their house about um, 
about this particular time of the year, um, all you need to do is give us a call at 530-265-9555. That's 530-265-9555. And uh, more than likely, we'll we'll be able to get you on the air and uh, give you a chance to either ask your question, um, answer a question that that maybe we were, we were looking for an answer to, um, or just uh, make a comment or have your, uh, give your, or make your own question. 530-265-9555. Are you there, Kathy? I think we might have lost her. We're going to go back to uh, um, the, well, the Scarborough Fair. Oh, oh, there you are. Okay. I am here. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. You know how I was telling you earlier in the day how I keep the land, excuse me, I keep the landline (laughs) because it's more secure and easier than my cell phone to understand. (laughs) So the landline just went dead. But I'm back. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Well, good. So, yeah, um, yeah. Because, yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, you know, I, I didn't really want to play Scarborough Fair again. I'd rather, no. I'd rather hear you talk about, uh, about <laughs> it or about um, other things that have to do with, yeah, gardening and uh, herbalism and all the great things that, uh, that you know so much about. Yeah, I love that song, though. But, yeah. hey, anybody out there, again, we're just reminding you that it's the Garden Forum. We're on at a different time. This is Kathy Keville, and uh, herbalist, and so we're talking about a lot of garden, herb-related, and tradition of plant-related types of subjects. And if you want to chime in, we'd love to hear from you. 530-265-9555. Now, I also want to talk about dreaming. It's very, very little known that there is another tradition that dreaming in these days, remember I said between solstice and twelfth night, is considered this um, 12-day or actually two-week period, depending on what tradition you're looking at, of of days where people really were lying low and not working a lot and a little bit nervous about how dark it was and that there might be heebie-jeebies out there and all that type of thing. So it was also considered incredibly good to sleep now and dream. And people would come together, families, of course, in the morning and talk about their dreams. The dreams were said to be prophecies of what the next year would bring, especially in the Germanic traditions. In fact, the farther north you go, the more you find uh, emphasis on dreaming. Some people will tell you, and this may be true, that the dreaming period starts for 12 nights right now, today, on New Year's. So you record your dreams, or at least remember them, and each day of the 12 nights from now on would then represent one month of the coming year. Probably they actually begin right at Christmas and are the 12 nights of Christmas. 
which we're still in the middle of. And so we have um, today is the seventh or eighth day, depending on um, how you look at it. And believe me, there's several ways to look at it. But uh, you can go ahead and uh, just pay attention to your dreams. They're said to be longer, more vivid, and especially more telling right now. And uh, see if there's any correspondence. You know, I've never done it, and I always thought that it would be fun to write down my dreams and then see what really did happen that month and if I could see anything that was similar, except that I usually sleep really, really deep right now, and I barely remember them. Kathy, um, Mm -hmm. since you mentioned dreaming, I just wanted to tell you that I was dreaming that we might have a, 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 you know, one of our listeners call in, and guess what? We did. Hi, you're live. You're live on KVMR. Maybe. Oh, there we go. Hi, you're live on KVMR. Hi, hi, Kathy. Hi, Steve. Hi. I, I just want to tell you, Kathy, that I so appreciate uh, the way you inform us all about the traditions. Um, oh, thank you. And, and the dreaming and. So many things, and um, I don't mean to go into a dark place, but um, my wife of 20 years, who was a brilliant herbalist and gardener, um, and uh, had so much wisdom about these traditions that you talk about, died on Thanksgiving in 2012. And Mm -hmm. um, certain aspects of her have been coming to me in dreams lately, this call is more to tell you I, I listen to you in uh, the old time slot every every week, and um, I, I'm getting used to it now. But but all this information that you bring us about the druids and the you know different things, it's it's just um, it's something that I really need to hear uh, because I don't have my mentor with me now for 11 years. <laughs> Oh, you know, when you said, I don't mean to turn it into a dark place, these are the dark days. Right. And it, it's actually very appropriate. Well, we'll tell us her name, and then that will, uh, they always say that that's some way that we can connect with her. Oh, well, her name was Janice, as in J-A-N-I-S, um, but I called her White Feather. It was a Native American name that was given to her at a young age, and uh, she was my white feather. Beautiful. And, and, and I, you know, the year after she died, um, in my squash garden, appeared this plant. And she had taught me not to pull the, the weeds too soon, see what they turn into. And this was an area where I had used to recycle the uh, inert materials that were enriched with nutrients to grow cannabis and this it turned it was a a, a version of datura with a five inch white bloom it just showed up and i let it appear and it grew to be eight feet tall and six feet wide and my bees would come to that right before dark and and i've always believed that janice or white feather planted that uh white trumpet datura for me uh, because we came from Arizona up here, and we used to, she used to engage with different dechuras in in the Southwest, in the high desert of 
uh, Sedona and that area. So anyway, I just appreciate hearing all your wisdom, and I just thank you. Yeah, that is really, thank you for sharing that. And um, I totally think that that's right. It must be right. It must be her. And also, the Datura is a plant that uh, represents the thin veils of, you know, going beyond. And it has to do with our ancestors. So, it, you know, in many, many levels, what an appropriate plant to, to come bless your garden. Yeah, and then I, I harvested all those uh, spiky seed pods, and I, I have a huge, I have like a quart bag of seeds I harvested off that plant. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing. And thank you for being on the air. I really value you. Good, good to hear. And many blessings in this new year and the 12 days. Yes, yeah, out to everybody there. Right? So, thank you. Thank you. Bye. Mm hmm. What an appropriate story for, you know, what I was just talking about and the, the idea of full circles and full cycles. And I also want oh, to talk Kathy? about. Yeah. We have another caller. Well, let's. Another dream came that. true, I guess. Hi, you're live on KVMR. Thank you so much. I know this is such a special time. In our communities, we call these the 12 Holy Days or the 12 Holy Nights and have discussions. And one of the things that we've done for a couple of generations, and I think it's a, a tradition in lots of places in Europe, is to light the candles on the tree for these 12 nights, thinking of those who have died and in your family or in your community. And so the time when the veils are a little thinner, and we can actually receive the blessings from those that are, are close to us that have died. So that's a, a long-time tradition in, in the community. Oh, nice to know somebody else has candles on their tree. Yes, and that's always just such a beautiful thing, and to sing the carols and keep these this uh, holiday going all the way up until Epiphany, the King's Day. Yes. And in, you in know, some tradition, go ahead. celebrate on, on uh January 6th, uh, King, Epiphany, King's Day. There's that, too. And some of the kids leave a little carrot out there for the donkeys, and and, and some of the kids in this little um, community do that, too. So thank you so much. I was gonna, just going to mention, since you mentioned January 6th, that uh, John McCutcheon will be in concert here in Nevada, or in uh, Grass Valley at the Center for the Arts um, on January 6th, uh, 7 p.m. show. So that's Perfect. another another thing to do, and that's uh, and uh, part of the funds uh, raised there come, come right here to KVMR and help us out in our needs. So yes, indeed, I, you know I I think that probably people are just so happy they're d done. They enjoyed the holidays probably, but now they're feeling like okay, got through that, and now back to life, real life. But the fact that the holidays are still happening because the 12 days of Christmas are the real holiday means that, um, you know, I don't think, I think a lot of people are just going, oh, no, not more holiday. But <laughs> the thing is, when we, I'm, can, we can stop the commercialization of it and do the inner work that is possible at this time. 
it's just uh, taking the opportunity for those extra meditations and and all of that is really what this part of Christmas is for for many people, where you don't have to do the outer commercialization of of the holiday, but you do the inner work that's possible because of just because of where the sun is and because of the cosmic energy at this time. So I appreciate that you bring that up, Kathy. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And, 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 people, and thanks very much for the call, Helena. Mm-hmm. Well, two thoughts I have. One is people always ask me, how can you have candles on your tree? But, uh, you know, I come by it naturally. I had a German grandmother, and you never really just light the candles on the trees and just walk around the house and do the dishes or answer the door, something like that. It's really beautiful. You sit there, and you're just compelled almost to sing a few songs and watch the candles. But um, if if they are to uh, catch, it's really not a huge problem because it's happened to me. And these are fresh trees we're talking about, so they only have um, a little spark. Unless, of course, you've had your tree up for a month, and then you might think twice about putting candles on it but um it yeah it's a very it's a beautiful tradition and i know it it's a fire hazard very conscious of that so if anybody wants to adopt it then just please do what i just said and just don't take your eyes off of the thing you know one time i was talking to my mother on the phone so my mother does not come from this tradition at all and so i said oh mom the tree just caught on fire. I'll have to call you back. And I forgot to call her back. And so she spent the next two hours just fretting if she should call 911 and what had happened to me. But, you know, it simply it was a little spark, and then you know how things distract you, and then the dog needs to have dinner and something like that happens. And I finally called her back and felt rather badly about it. But, you know, it's... Uh, it's the most beautiful thing, just the most beautiful thing to have candles lit this time of year, which is another tradition. And I think the symbolism is really obvious with a candle, right? Because it's light, and it's light to get through all of the darkness. And how about um, how about a few more herbs for this time of year? So bay. And we have California bay, which is a different quite different, actually, than the Grecian bay that's used in cooking. But the California bay can be a wonderful substitute. This year, there are so many berries on the California bay, I cannot believe it. Usually, um, it only happens every few years that I see very many. And that's very exciting because they actually can be processed. And they used to be, uh, the seeds actually were originally used for a coffee substitute, especially with miners up here who were not, um, I'm talking about gold miners, who were not able to get coffee, then they would be able to do that. But but the berries can be roasted. The whole berry can be roasted and eaten. So if, uh, you know, you're going down along, especially the Bear River or the rivers here taking a beautiful winter walk, you might collect some of those and try them out. They're herby tasting, they're sharp, but they're good. They're a good accent. They're not the kind of thing that you would want to have just a whole pocket full of them to nibble on when you're taking the walk or something like that. And you do really do want to roast them before you eat them. I don't think that they would be good to eat lots and lots of them, but nobody will do that. 
anyway, so we don't have to worry about it. Just because the essential oil in them is so sharp and strong and potent, but um, also makes good medicine. And uh, bay oil, the the true bay, and I bet this bay as well, because they have a similar essential oil, uh, actually in scientific studies showed evidence of being anti-COVID. And there are other oils that, that are as well, but I just thought that was interesting about the bay because it's so prolific around here. But it symbolizes uh, intelligence. The bay wreath was worn uh, and given to Olympic uh, stars because in ancient Greece because they were um, intelligent in their sports. And it also represents, like the evergreens, like the pines and cedars, this everlasting life. You know, we're really surrounded in Nevada County by the traditional plants of Christmas. So I think that uh, is exciting. And just naturally, we just, I think all of us just bring things in to really green up the inside of the house, just for a while at least. So um, thank you for sharing your traditions. We have time for a few more. I'd love to hear uh, your old traditions from your family or maybe new traditions that have sprouted up. And uh, while we're waiting for you to call in with that, also wanted to talk about gardeners. And I mentioned dreaming about seeds. So if you're thinking about something you'd like to talk about with us, I'm wondering what seeds you're planning on growing. And maybe it's too early because it's really, it seems to be a January event, and it just turned January. We've been busy with the holidays, and uh, January with the long, cold days and rainy and snowy days gives us time to think about that. But um, maybe there's uh, maybe there's a different type of tomato that you've tried or you know, you're thinking about expanding. Like I've, I'm really working on growing different types of Tulsi and different types of basil in general. I, Since I grow medicinal herbs anyway, I just you know, like to spring out and think about what I can do. I have um, the three major types of Tulsi. They're actually quite different from each other, and one of them is good enough to make a really good pesto out of. So one thing that I've been doing in the garden as I've been finishing my harvest is looking at plants that I can use to put into pesto because if you don't know it already, pesto is the perfect dish for any herb that you have a surplus of. So depending on your elevation in Nevada County and, and areas beyond, chances are you may still have parsley growing in your garden, and parsley makes uh, a wonderful pesto to try that. You know, pesto is very easy to make. All you need is a blender and some garlic and oil. I usually use olive oil and nuts, and you can really do whatever nuts you want, or you cannot. If you if you want to, uh, you can put nutritional yeast in instead of the nuts and play around with making different types of formulas. But I'm talking about pesto because it's something that you can freeze for the winter, and that's another thing that our ancestors really had to do. There's so much gardening happening in Nevada County. Um, a lot of us really do put up substantial amounts of food for the winter that come from our garden. 
or uh, that you can buy inexpensively from somebody else's garden by the flat. So everybody is still probably working on a few things. I still have a box of apples. I put things away in the cold so that I can store them as long as possible. And one thing I have to do is I have to check them regularly because one apple in the box, it's a true story, will actually spoil the whole box. And Kathy, I I just wanted to interrupt for a second just to... uh, um, I remind people that if they do have want to participate in this, uh, the thing to do is to give us a call, and we can put you on, on, on the air with Kathy if you've got a, either a question about what she's talk, been talking about, or a suggestion, or you know, or uh, or um, have an answer for so, to something when you hear uh, somebody somebody ask Kathy, and Kathy will sometimes say, "I I really don't know about this one, but, but I bet our audience knows." So. Um, there are lots of different ways to uh, fit in and become a part of the, uh, the the Garden Forum team here. And that number, again, is 530-265-9555. That's 530-265-9555. Yeah, and you're welcome to start out the new year with us. It's a, a special thing. Uh, that listening audience is a little obscure out there. You know, I'm just talking, and then I'm trying to imagine all your faces and if you're interested and what you might have to say. And actually, on this show, you can say that. And I'm reminded to tell you that you're listening to the Garden Forum, which is on at a new time right now. And uh, then also, I will be on again the first Monday of February. So, if you're just thinking that, oh, I haven't even looked at my seed catalog, but I'd really like to call in and talk about that, you can, you'll have a chance to do that again. So we'll look forward to that. And um, there's more. I can just keep talking on forever about uh, New Year's related types of subjects. So I am going to continue. So the other thing that I wanted to mention was about um, Gardeners, gardeners. Oh, Kathy, we have a caller. I'm just going to go directly to them right now. We'll do that instead, yeah. Hi, you're live on KVMR. Hi, this question is that I have is about fruit trees. Oh, could you turn your radio down? Yes. Please. Uh, I I have a question about fruit trees. If it's not appropriate, no problem. I can call back next week. It is appropriate if it's fruit trees. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, I'm going to have to transplant if I want to keep them. Two, a grapefruit and an orange tree, two citruses. So I, I'm, I'm being told those are difficult because they really never go dormant. The third one is a, a pear tree, a very different kind of pear tree, just beautiful. And it does go dormant, so I don't think I'm going to have a problem with that. My question is, I know this sounds silly. B B B one might be something that I will have to use. But <laughs> are are there any herbal? I mean, somebody said get willow. You know, I I I, I want to do everything I can to make it work, and I'm being told, oh, with the citrus, you're going to have a lot of problems. Maybe not with the pear, but I thought maybe there's an maybe there's something nobody's looking at <laughs> to to kind of not ensure a mm-hmm. successful digging up one, you know, digging them up and putting them somewhere else. 
and if you have any ideas, I would certainly be open. I've researched all I can, and uh, it's kind of iffy, and they're well-established. Um, but if I don't move them, they're going to die. They're not going to be cared for anymore. In fact, they may be cut down. So yes, worth an attempt. Uh, are you going to move them now, this time of year? I... I I got a little leeway. I I have until June 1st to move them, but everything I read says the citrus should be done no later than like mid-February, early March. Of course they're blooming. I mean not blooming, they're producing fruit. The yes. the, the pear tree is dorm, get is either dormant now or going to be in a week or two, but it's the citrus and they're quite Productive and wonderful. Um, Do you live in Nevada County? No, I'm in Placer County. I'm at about Placer seven, County. about seven hundred feet elevation, so not too mm-hmm. high. Um, I just can't get, I can't get definitive, and I, I and I understand that, you know, because it's risky. They're over twenty five years old. Planted them. I actually have transplanted the grapefruit once it was getting too much shade yeah you know the the one of the biggest problems with large plants like trees is that it's hard to avoid root damage and you know smaller a bush can usually very carefully dig around it and transport it on a cart or something so that the roots are not exposed to air and and so the soil pack doesn't fall off Right. You have somebody do this for you, correct? That knows how yes. to do it. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So, um, so the question, I'm just full of questions about what you're doing, but I yes. can answer you as far as the herbs go. Okay. The willow is excellent for starting rooting. It's like a rooting hormone. Oh. I'm not sure that it would actually work in this case because these are well-established roots. Got it. And yeah. So, uh, the rooting hormone is more for when you're starting seeds or you've done a messy transplant with a smaller plant and uh, you, you need its small roots to really be more prolific. Uh-huh. I don't know, and I don't think anybody knows the answer to if it's right. going to help your trees or not. But, of course, you could always try. There's a lot of things that were done as far as walking around trees three times and, you know, things that were just energetic that maybe just had to do a lot with intention. Yes. Um, there is a plant, though, that's called the the plant's physician that is uh, I have used in my garden to help plants that are ailing, and Ooh. that's chamomile. Oh, and okay. And so this is a, it's a very old, old use of chamomile is wow. to plant it, around or, or close to plants that have been transplanted oh. and are, um, you know, needing some help. Yeah. There's no, there's absolutely no scientific evidence that I know of sure. about this. Sure. Although right. I, you know, so many things like that that seem weird have been proved by science that I bet eventually we'll know, we'll have, you know, a real concrete answer that right. it's not just magic. This is part of it, it's it's part of um, the more obscure biodynamic gardening, the chamomile to use it like this. Yes. Um, and you could use any type of chamomile. You could use Roman chamomile, which is easier to grow. It's a perennial, but it would need some sun. 
And um, the other thing you can do, though, is you can make tea, and you can even use wild chamomile to do this. Okay. So you make a tea, and then you uh, water the plant with it. Got it. Okay. And, and you would you could make a very concentrated tea, and then put it into some gallon buckets. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's almost like doing homeopathy, but put it in some gallon buckets and then use those buckets to uh, water the trees after they've been transplanted. Okay, and the Rome, you mentioned the Roman chamomile is the easiest to grow, so I would have, if I could like, get that going now, maybe in a month, uh, probably not in a month, I, I might not have enough. Um, the German the German has to be pretty much grown by seed, and okay. it's an annual, so okay. it's not really, it's time of year. The okay. Roman chamomile, you can buy a flat of that if you wanted to. Okay, okay. Well, this is very you helpful. Could pro- you could propagate it off of the flat. If you if you know how to, um, you know, how you just put, you take it apart and you put a little bit in each pot, and then it'll fill the pot in. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, well, this is a good, see, this is, thank you. I. This is the kind of thing. I want to try everything I can. I mean, within reason, of course. Uh, and I, uh, one of my places that I'm going to, I'm still not positive about which exactly where they're going to go. Um, I have a, a very old bottle brush that's gotten very spindly, and I love it because it attracts the bees when it's blooming, but it's the perfect spot for one of these. And if I take it out, I'm going to have to grind the stump. And, you know, I mean, it, there's a little... Uh, Not problems, but um, bumps in the road for where I'm going to put things, and um, I'll I'll just have to do it as I go. But if I did grind up a stump, gosh, there'd be there'd be all kinds of roots that are going to those citrus spread them out quite. At least one of my orange trees spreads the roots. Usually, I I just wanted to mention. Usually, if you grind the stump, you're not grinding the uh, roots that are underneath it. And um, eventually those will go back to the soil. It'll take a very long time. But in the meantime, it's going to interfere with your new tree having uh, room to grow. Thank you. I, so you probably, I don't want to do that. Yeah, you probably would want to set it um, not too close to that stump. Thank you. That's really important. I, 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 yeah, well, good luck with this all. Okay. Back. Thanks again. All okay. right. Uh-huh. And thanks for the call. Okay, thank you. And, Steve? Yeah, the number to call, 530-265-9555. And we've still got uh, about 10 minutes left, and we'd love to uh, hear from a couple more of you. And... uh, or maybe somebody has even some further suggestions for the the woman that just called about... about, uh, how to move stuff. And also, I could use your help in spreading the word that the Garden Forum is now at this new time, Monday, 6 o'clock. And uh, because as I'm out and about in the world, people are coming up to me and they're, they're saying, oh, I listened to your show for a couple decades. I'm so sorry it's not on anymore. And uh, I say, oh, it is. But I think that it'll take a while for people to realize that here I am, Monday, 6 o'clock, and I'm on the first Monday of the month. So I'd love to recapture 
my old audience and then add on to it whoever we can find for this new time. But do let people know that would help me out a lot. So uh, oh, Maybe you also, should get a recyclable business card that mentions that information and pass them out when, you're in, when someone comes up to you. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I could. Actually, hey, that's a hey we've, got no, we've got another call. I'm just going to go uh, straight to her as well here. Fine. And, and hi, you're live on KVMR. Oh, wonderful. I am calling about my lemon tree. Yeah. And you're, you're on the air now. Okay, thank you. Greetings. And hi, you're live hi. on KVMR. Hi, thank you very much. I have a lemon tree. Is your radio on in the background? I just turned, just turned it off. I have a lemon tree that has been in a pot, uh, large, I don't know how many gallon, but very large, for 10 years. And it's gone, gotten very, very tall and kind mm-hmm. of spindly. And then mm-hmm. this year it got these, well, there were ants all over it, like millions of them. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. there was all this fuzzy white stuff on it. And uh-huh. I wasn't sure what I needed to spray it with or what to do with it. I don't want right. to lose so, it. Okay. So the tree is weakened yeah. because it needs more food. Okay. And, and, um, and you should cut it back a little bit if you're going to keep it in that pot, because it sounds like the upper part is larger than the root part, and plants really like balance. Okay. So I you don't have enough roots. Much, you don't have enough roots to fill up the top. Look at how big how big the pot is, and okay. the top maybe twice as big. I mean, you know, allow about twice as much growth. Okay, that's I can a little do that. bit more than you're supposed to do, but I'd go ahead and do that. Then, and um, then what kind of be, food do you feed it? Um, I, having made mistakes with my lemon tree in a pot myself, uh, by trying to do the right mix, now I'm going to suggest just going and getting a citrus mix for it. Because okay. That, they sell it already properly mixed. Okay, I'll do that. I'm the last person to ask at this point because I did it wrong. And I gave it it's too much nitrogen, which it just got really green and lush, but it didn't work. No yeah. Fruit. No fruit. Yeah. And, okay. Um, yes. So um, what's happening is that the ants are putting aphids on your lemon tree, and that's oh, what those that's fuzzy little things is. are. And oh, they're I did actually not know that it was aphids. They're farming them on your tree. So oh, one thing that you can do, but the, but they're only doing that because it's a weak tree at this point. Okay. And the tree can't has no natural resistance. So uh, there's a lot of static on the phone. So I'm going to ask you to take the rest of the there if that's okay with you. I took it off speaker. Is this better? Oh. Yes. Hi. So much better, right? I'm well, sorry. I'm driving, and I had you on the car speaker. Oh, oh, okay. It's difficult for people who are listening to, uh, you know, listen to all that static after having a whole day of static in their life. So oh, I bet. Uh, anyway, sorry so about here we that. are back. 
so that that's okay. So that so the aphids are are being farmed by the ants. So uh, you, once you get the tree healthier, that should not be a problem. But now, what you can do is you can get a sticky paint that you can paint at the bottom of the trunk, um, okay. or you can get tape. There's also tape from just you know, your mark. Tape, tape like TA tape, like scotch okay. tape, but it's not. It's tape for uh, sticky tape that you wrap around. Okay. And you can find that probably at any garden center. Either right, one of great. them. And then what happens is that the ants, it, they just can't cross the barrier. Great. Okay. So do I feed it first and then wait a little bit and cut it? No, I'd cut or it. Should now. I just cut it? Okay, I'll do it tomorrow. I'd, I'd, I'd trim it. Um, if if that's a lot, you might not do it all at once. Okay. You know, maybe do some and then wait two weeks and do a little bit more and you know get it down a little bit so that um, it'll balance out a little bit better. Okay. And, and I used it, to drag it. I used to drag the pot into the foyer in the in the house and I would turn a light on it and sometimes I got three flowering sessions out of that tree that year I got yeah. in other words I got yeah so you you know I what I mean I got lemons pot dragging oh yeah I'm a, I'm a pot dragger I've got so I just can't do it deck. anymore I can't it's too heavy for me now mm-hmm. oh so, so can you you're going to protect it um, from the frost it's yeah I have been it's underneath the eave of the house and I usually go out and throw a sheet or something over it if it's going to be frozen nights. Yeah, and the wind will come up a lot of times. Yeah, so I tie what it, I do yeah. is I yeah. use yeah tie it or use clothespins work really well. Oh, clothespins! What a great idea! Right on the yeah, you can put yeah, it on the branches right to itself. To, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. And um, for people that the wind is a problem and the sheet is too thick, you can also get a frost barrier cloth. So, again, you just go to your local garden center nursery, and you can just buy this, and then you can throw it over, although you probably will have to adhere it. So that's why I'm saying clothespins okay. or tie or something like that to do that. Um, gotcha. And then also Christmas tree lights. Are a solution. No, that's funny because I actually have those on it right now. They're just not plugged well, in. Well, just keep them on. <laughs> yeah, okay. You're all set. Yes. All right. In February. Yes, your friends and neighbors will question you in February, but you're, you're, oh, you're they doing question a good thing me all the tree. time. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, you have been extremely helpful. Thank you very yeah. much, and yeah, thanks you're for doing your show. Sure. And thanks Bye-bye. for calling. Oh, you bet. Thanks for being there. Thanks, oh. KVMR. All right. And, Kathy, we've just got about 90 seconds. I do uh, want to remind people that support for KVMR's Future of Radio Project comes from AJA Video Systems, empowering the next generation of local journalists and broadcasters. And, Kathy, you have anything to remind our listeners about in the next yeah, few I have, seconds? I have... Herb classes coming up in the spring, and uh, you can study medicinal plants with me. So um, here's a website, ahaherb.com, A-H-A-H-E-R-B. And, uh, and you can also uh, contact me through the email on that. Or here's a phone number, 530-274-3140. So 
contact me, and if you want to call, then leave your email, and then we'll correspond like that. Very good. So, Steve, thanks a lot. Okay, and we're just going to... Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, and uh, boy, it's it's starting out great. Lots of calls tonight, and that was a lot of fun.